You're listening to The Bunker New York, live on RBMA Radio. Hello, you're listening to The Bunker New York on RBMA Radio. I'm your host, Brian Kasnick. We are joined today with by two very special guests. It's our March 3rd, 303 Acid Edition. We have Eric Cloutier, who is a resident DJ at the Bunker New York. He's here from Berlin, born and raised in Detroit area, spent some time in New York, and also very special guest DJ Nobu, who just arrived in New York today all the way from Japan. Uh, both of our guests will be joining us at our party at Good Room tomorrow night, alongside Orfix, Mike Servito, Aaron Fitzsegal, and the Long Count Cycle. So more info on that at thebunkerny.com. Um, I think we're going to kind of go right into Eric's DJ set here and just let it play out for a while. So stay tuned for that. This is, um, you're listening to Eric Cloutier in the mix. This is The Bunker New York on RBMA Radio. Thank you. 
Hello, you're listening to The Bunker New York on RBMA Radio. Right now we're in the mix with Eric Cloutier. He's doing a special All Acid 303 set because today is 303, March 3rd. Uh, he's going to be joining us for an interview in a little bit. And after that, we are also joined for a show with two special guests. We have DJ Nobu of Tokyo. So keep it locked. This is The Bunker New York on RBMA Radio. Oh, 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 
Red Bull Music Academy Radio. Hello, you're listening to The Bunker New York on RBMA Radio. I'm your host, Brian Kasnick. We are just uh, finishing up this Eric Cloutier guest DJ set. Um, told me he was only going to play a few acid tracks, but I think that uh, that was all. I think I think, we, we, think got we got every track. 303 is on every single track. I know that's what Nobu has planned coming up. So well, really... he, he, you tell me that he's going to play all 303, and I was like, oh, maybe I'll get a couple in there. <laughs> I, was like, I, can't, I can't not. Do, well, all right. Well, I'm going right. to look really dumb if I don't right. do a little bit more effort. <laughs> so um, we talk online a lot every day, and I know you're constantly digging for music. Um, like definitely one of the more serious diggers I know. How much time per day would you say you spend searching for music for your sets? All day, pretty much? All day, every day. Pretty much. I mean, there's so many times where like I'll be sitting at home and we'll be preparing dinner and just like even when my fiance walks out of the room, I'm immediately on Discogs, like searching for something else. And she'll come back in and be like, are you serious right now? <laughs> like, it's dinner time. I'm like, I'm just 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 checking to see if this thing's available. Is just is discogs.com your homepage? It is my homepage. <laughs> wow, I think it's Dazi's as well. It's pretty sad, but I'm, I'm on it all day. And I assume also in Berlin, like at the record stores as well. Funny enough, like I I go to Hardwax like two or three times a week, but I shop online and just go pick them up and come home. Like, I don't really spend time to be digging there because if I do, I'm going to end up blowing like two or 300 euro. So I, I've like conditioned myself to just buy it online and spend like 50 and then go and grab it and just be like, I got to go, guys. Like, <laughs> I look at them like a drug addict. Well, it can be difficult in hard wax as well because they have that one listening copy. And especially if you go in there while it's crowded and you're trying well, to hear all the you, new stuff, you, yeah, can't. you can't. So it, it actually is helpful to check it out online ahead of time and know what you want and then but, but they've also gotten to know me there and like they're now like selecting things for me and it's just like oh god guys you're i mean you're, you're great at your job but you're not helping oh come on it's great when people do a great I job know, of that though. i know but still <laughs> i don't need it my bank account doesn't need that but i can't stop like i'm just a bit addicted to it right and uh you definitely consider yourself a DJ first and a producer second, right? Like it seems I, like I think I would say I'm a producer third at this third. point. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely DJ first. Um, so when you're, I know you've been, but you have been working really hard on music for how long now? Like a while. You've been producing for a while now. Not necessarily releasing, but you've I think been... I started really working on music about four years ago, maybe a little bit longer. But like I, I'm so slow and just like OCD about things that. It takes a while for me to actually finish them or get them out, or I get distracted by searching for records. And right. Well, as someone who's like always, always searching for, I guess, the very best records or the one that you love the most, is that, do you think that makes it difficult for you to finish music, let it go, feel like it's like yeah, at a high enough level that you want to release it and put your name on it? Yeah, because I'm constantly comparing it to like this really amazing record that I like, and I'm just like, this is crap, and I get frustrated and just stop working on it. Yeah, I feel like I have this with a lot of the artists on the label where they're like, well, it's good, but it's not, you know, Audiker is much better. Okay, but I'm, is I'm much not, better. All right, I'm not that extreme, <laughs> but it, there's there's definitely been quite a few times where I'm just like, I can hear what I want in my head and I don't get it to that point, so I get super annoyed with the fact that I don't know how to make 
what I want happen. So I just kind of shelve it and walk away. But over the four years, do you feel like you're getting closer to being able to like, I guess, realize the sounds that you're hearing in your heads and achieving what you want to achieve with the gear and programs that you're using? Yeah, it's I'm definitely picking up speed. And I mean, there was like a, a serious learning curve involved from the get-go. But now that I'm more comfortable with it, I can sit down and kind of realize the idea. Not perfectly, but I can I can mash it out in like a sketch form way faster than I used to be able to. So that helps. And, and then there's like a forward momentum with that, that because I'm more comfortable with it and it's going quicker and easier, then it makes me want to wake up the next day and continue working on it instead of just like being super annoyed and- Constantly frustrated. Yeah. Um, so I've noticed on your social media that there's a new presence. Uh, it's a dog. It's a puppy. There's a puppy. <laughs> what what breed what breed of dog is this? It's a miniature dachshund. Which is kind of, it's it's a wiener dog. It's a wiener dog. Yeah. <laughs> What's the wiener dog's name? Nugget. Um Yeah, I mean I haven't I, I don't think I've really been seeing since the RA podcast, it seems like Nugget's kind of I've got taken I'm, over. Well, Nugget kind of took over my life, so I mean right. she's a puppy. She's like, well now she's 13 weeks old so the first four or five weeks was just total chaos made it made it hard for you to be at much of the bunker showcase Unf unfortunately, unfortunately after about an hour and a half of sleep for seven days uh i found a puppy sitter then i was i took that opportunity to sleep sadly <laughs> because i could barely stand up at Bergheim. so i tried does the puppy keep you awake all the time? Is it like a baby? What? Not anymore. Oh, I got okay. that thing trained now. It sleeps okay. at night. But for the first week, it was not sleeping at night and just whining and yelping. So like, I just based, I literally sat there with two pillows smashed against my head with a dog in a kennel about a foot and a half away, just crying all night long. And I was just staring at the ceiling like, this is great. I'm so glad I got this puppy. <laughs> <laughs> but it's great now. The puppy's great now. So you have, you have, you have a little friend at home now all the time. Yes, she keep you, keep you company. She has not even tried to bite a single one of my records, so I'm super thrilled with that. Uh, what about cables? Does Nugget eat cables? She started to investigate electrical cables, so <laughs> wow. um, yeah, we'll be puppy-proofing the apartment when I get home. Yeah, you found out the hard way yesterday. Yesterday, that yesterday, that the bunker cats love cables, especially the expensive Mac ones. Yeah, yeah, the more no, expensive. The you could go for the cheap, like two dollar USB cable. Yeah, sitting and I'm right fine. next to it. I'm like, yeah. that's cool. But like, you're gonna have to, you're gonna eat through my eighty dollar MacBook charger. Cool. Yeah, and the skinny little expensive part as yeah. well. Yeah, super cool. Yeah, if it was the other part where you can just like replace it, it'd be killer. But no, thanks, Miro. Miss you. Yeah, way to go, Miro. If you're out there listening, Miro, thanks again. Yeah, thanks for that. Um, so, as an American, you moved to Europe. When did you move to Europe? How long has it been now? It was three remember. years ago, March 1st. Okay, wow. So, it's been exactly... I thought I was thinking maybe it was a little longer than that. Um, so, after being in Europe for three years, you've done a fair amount of touring. Uh, what would you say the difference is between the kind of techno, electronic music culture over there and what you experienced when you were uh, based in North America and playing more over here? I mean, Europe in general... They embraced electronic music as a legitimate form of music back in the 90s. So to them, it's just, it's no different than jazz or rock and roll. So like they, they're cool with everything. But in the States, there was such a period of, this is like 
the worst thing ever and it's just filled with drug addicts and they're you know everything had to be illegal and the police presence and all that stuff so now you know the states is finally coming around and realizing mainly because of edm that it's a legitimate form of music and it's gonna make money so like why why shun it and why make it this taboo thing that you don't like you know tell your kids about so over in europe it's just like i said it's just kind of like a normal natural thing like the partying is very casual and much more friendly but here it's still kind of trying to get past that ravey illegal druggy um i wonder why that is why did it is it just like a social attitude in europe that they I, I don't. I, I, I don't know how this happened. That like, but I mean, me- like in the mid '90s or like even earlier, like with the whole acid house thing in the UK, like they were just like, yeah, cool, it's music, like, and it's good, and it's gonna make money, and we can sell this, and we can put it on television and radio. But in the states, it was just like this. Oh my god, this is what your kids are doing, and it's just filled with maniacs that are on drugs. So like, they made it this criminal act, and they're just now, like 20 years later, kind of realizing like, oh hey, we can make a lot of money off this. Yeah, I mean, is EDM actually, I know it's huge in America, is it actually a thing in Europe? I honestly don't even know this, <laughs> no. is it? No, it's no. not well, even. Well, I mean, a... there's like Tomorrowland and those kind of things, but I don't even think those count. It's, <laughs> it's not like the primary electronic music culture over there. No, so, definitely not. So you're you're based in Berlin, you've been based in Berlin for three years, obviously on your weekends off, or maybe at the end of your weekends, you're experiencing the world-famous techno culture in Berlin. Um how like how is that like i've definitely noticed a change not for the better or worse but like your your sound is always evolving like how do you how how has going to these parties and experiencing this culture in berlin like affected the way you play the kind of music you like attitude um, towards the whole thing i mean that's the fortunate thing about living in berlin is between the record stores and like i can walk to Berghain, and i spent far too much time in Berghain. um but like going there and having that kind of inspiration every weekend, like it totally changes. Uh, it it definitely made my opinion and like approach to music a bit more forward driven. You know, before it was kind of like when I was living in New York, it was like you know you had to search a bit harder for records because it wasn't easy to get as much stuff. And the parties were few and far between. Like we had bunker once a month, sometimes twice a month, and stuff like that. But like when it's Berlin and you can go to something literally seven days a week and there's multiple things it just kind of keeps the momentum up and you're never having this like downtime where you're feeling uninspired or like uninterested in something yeah i hear a lot of producers talking about the like wanting to go almost directly into the studio from Berghain or whatever like really crazy party they were at because they're feeling so you know inspired i mean i've definitely left Berghain at you know god strange hours in the morning and like gone home and immediately like just been like i i need to just like sketch this out really quickly because it's like i can hear it in my head and i walk home as fast as i can so i don't like forget it and i get home and it's just like yeah it's it's exactly the same thing i mean it's it's because it's so obvious and so consistent it helps keep like the creativity up and the interest up and the drive up you know there's no there's no lulls, like if you lived in the middle of nowhere. And you're all every every party you go to is kind of killer, you know. And it's you I see people say that, but there, maybe I just go to the good parties in Berlin. <laughs> <laughs> There's definitely some duds, but I mean, there. Yeah, as a whole, it's pretty rare that you ha- you you wonder why you paid ten euro to get into a party because you're bored. Like yeah. you can make fun anywhere in that city, and it does happen. Yeah, and it just keeps going, which explains why there's like 180 parties a night 
on like Friday and Saturday. If you look at like resident advisor, it's like ridiculous. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. So uh, I guess before we wrap up, I want to mention again that you're going to be playing tomorrow night at Good Room, uh, opening for Orphix and Nobu. Uh, and we have Mike Servito, Aaron Fit, and Long Count Cycle in the bad room. And you can check out the Bunker NY for more info on that and all of our parties' podcasts. We have a couple new records from Donato Dazi and Patrick Russell coming out. And uh, yeah, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for, thank you for the set. And I think in just a minute or so here, we're going to switch over to DJ Nobu. You are listening to The Bunker New York on RBMA Radio. RBMA Radio.
New York on RBMA Radio. We are in the mix with DJ Nobu. Happy March 3rd. It's 3.03. All acid set. <laughs> Stay tuned. We have about 20 minutes left. Nobu is going to close out the show with more acid. 
Again, you're listening to The Bunker New York on RBMA Radio. Thank you. 
you're listening to The Bunker New York on RBMA Radio. DJ Nobu going in with some acid classics, ripping our faces off here. Um, we have about five minutes left. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, it sounds like we might actually have a special show next week to be confirmed. Uh, follow us on all of our social networks. You can find all that at thebunkerny.com. And for those of you in New York, don't forget that we have Nobu and Eric at Good Room tomorrow night. And then you guys are at Smart Bar Saturday night in Chicago. So if you're in those cities, check it out. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, Nobu's going to bring us to the end here. You're listening to The Bunker New York on RBMA Radio. Сейчас я с тобой